Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. Let's get into the word of the Lord, shall we? I want to talk to you and finish up what I was actually started last week, which is, which was finishing up what I started the week before. Uh, and I called last week, uh, Jesus, uh, the first message was Jesus up close and personal. Uh, the second message was Jesus up close and personal revisited. Uh, and then I thought about naming this third part, Jesus up close and personal revisited, revisited. But that got redundant, so we're just calling it revisited part two. <laughs> Praise God. Revisited part two. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you and we thank you for your goodness and your blessings. We ask that you will touch this time of teaching and preaching your word today. Minister to every one of us. Help us, Lord God, to find all of those that are hungry and thirsty for truth in this last generation. We pray in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said amen. Would you clap your hands one more time for Jesus? Thank you, Lord. As you know from my sermons that I've been preaching the last couple of weeks, Jesus had a habit of getting up close and personal with people. He did not let people stay hidden in crowds. He would find them, they would come to him, he would be one-on-one, -on -one, and I'm so glad he was one-on-one -on -one with me. In the midst of the crowd and people worshiping, he is still able to step into my, my pew and walk up in front of my chair and speak with me directly while he's doing the same with all of us. He's able to get up close and personal, and I'm so glad about that. Uh, we talked about the woman at the well, and we talked about the fact that Jesus got up close and personal with her and started uh, revealing her own sin to her. When he said, go get your husband, she said, I don't have one. He said, oh, no, you don't have one, do you? <laughs> Truth is, you've had five of them. <laughs> and in fact, the one you're living with right now is not your, he knew all about her. Uh, and yet her response was, wow, how can someone that knows that about me still sit here and talk to me? And I'm here to tell you, Jesus loves you exactly where you are, what you're in, what mess you have. He loves you right where you are, and he will lead you out, bring you to higher places. Amen. I want to talk to you today about another time that Jesus got up close and personal, except he met a different response this time. There was a young man that came to him, and he said to him, Master, what must I do to be saved? And that's a good question to ask. I think everybody ought to ask that question. Uh, and Jesus said, well, keep the commandments. To me, the normal response would be, okay. But his wasn't, and his, his response here indicates there's a heart issue. And if your response is anywhere close to this response, there is a heart issue that you need to allow God to get in there and do some heart surgery. Because Jesus can fix any broken heart. He can fix any sick heart. He can fix any diseased heart. The indication that there was a heart issue is when Jesus said, well, keep the commandments if you want to be saved. And his response was, which ones? <laughs> Which ones do I have to keep? I don't know. How about all of them? I, I, 
I'm not, I'm not Jesus, so I don't know why he kept cool the way he did, but I would have I said, what, what do you mean, which ones? There's only 10. You can't teach, just keep 10 of them? How about you keep all of them? But Jesus went on with the conversation. He said, well, you know the ones. Don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, notice what he left out, and I'll point out to you what he left out here in just a moment. And he said to you, oh, I'm all good. I'm good then because I've kept all that since my youth up. And Jesus is about to get up close and personal right now. He said, you lack one thing. Oh, really? What, what, what do I lack? Sell everything you have. Give it to the poor. Come and follow me. And we know that this was, we refer to this guy as the rich young ruler because he had great possessions. And when Jesus said, sell all that you have, give it to the poor and come and follow me, the Bible says that the rich young ruler went away sad because when Jesus got up close and personal, he didn't like it. Now, let me just tell you another way of saying, sell all that you have, give it to the poor and follow me. The other way of saying that is, love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. It's the same thing. He loved his earthly possessions more than he loved God. And instead of Jesus saying, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, he might try to find some loopholes. Jesus said, prove that you love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Sell everything and follow me. And Jesus wants us to carry through on the first commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He wants to get up close and personal with every one of us and tell us, all, sell everything, give it to the poor, and follow me. Now, we know in this generation, it is not feasible to sell everything and give it to the poor, because then somebody would have to take care of us, and that's not God's goal. The problem is, he didn't love God with all his heart. You need, and I need, to love him with everything that's in me, so that no matter what he asks me to do, I will say, yes, Lord. I will say yes, Lord. And unfortunately, we're living in a day today when uh, these very things of the commandments can be dismissed under the right circumstances. And all you do need to do is follow the news or follow the latest uh, uh, movements that are going on in society today, and you will see that there are groups of people who do not love the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength uh, because uh, the mindset of our generation is simply this. You shall not murder unless you've been abused and oppressed for too long. Then it's justified. You shall not commit adultery unless you've been away from your wife for too long. And then a time or two doesn't hurt. You shall not steal unless you see yourself as having been deprived and oppressed for most of your life. Then it's okay. You shall not bear false witness unless it helps you advance your cause. 
You shall honor your mother and your father. That's if you have one. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But you're unable to do that because you've never loved yourself. Can someone say amen? I think Jesus wants to get up close and personal with somebody today in this place. Someone wrote this and they said this, and I quote, I don't have the name, so I can't give, give you the name, but it is not my quote, it's something I came across. They said, we live in a society where homosexuals lecture us on morals, transsexuals lecture us on human biology, abortion advocate, advocates lecture us on human rights, communists lecture us on economics, and Satanists lecture us on religion. Sell all that you have. Give it to the poor and follow me. Go ahead, that's all right. Lay down your ideologies, lay down your excuses, lay down your purposes, find out what the purpose of Jesus Christ is, pick that up and carry your cross. Okay, someone just asked me a question. That's okay. We can handle this. How can a transsexual give you a lecture on biology? Well, the truth of the matter is, and I'm sorry I don't know your name. What's your first name? Brendan. Brendan. They can't. They think they can. They don't even know their own identity, let alone lecture me on mine or how I should think of things. The answer is very simple. God lectures me on biology. God does. And with this generation that we are now facing, I want to push all of the dogmas, all of the ideologies, all of the teachings, I want to push it all away. And Jesus, would you please come up close and personal in my heart and life. Step up front and center and tell me what is right and what is wrong. You tell me what is good and what is evil. You tell me what is proper and what is not because I want to live a life that pleases you, not the dogmas and the ideologies of this world. Praise God. And so no matter where you stand, whether you're here today or listening to me online, no matter where you stand on any one of these issues, it all comes down to one thing and one thing only. Where do you stand on loving God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might? Where do you stand on that? That is the only question any one of us needs to answer. Do I love Him with all of my heart, all of my soul, and all of my might, so that when things don't make sense to my brain or some things that are wrong do make sense to my brain, I submit to your will, your ways, your truth, and I lay mine down. Help me to reach that place. Help me to sell all. Sell it all. 
and come and follow Jesus. And so once again, Jesus gets up, and clo up close and personal. If you want to be perfect, sell what you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. Give up every cause. Give up every earthly hope. Give up your trust in the things of this life. Jesus wants to get up close and personal with you today. Will you let him? Or will you pull a rich man's attitude and walk away sad? That's our question today. Let me close this message. I know this was short, but my closing will be long. <laughs> Some things don't change, do they, Ray? <laughs> my sermon was short, but my closing will make up for it. The rich young ruler walked away sad. And any time you walk away from God's will, whether you like his will or don't like his will, if you walk away from his will, you will walk away sad. You will. Because there is no lasting joy in this life. None. Not in a person, not in a job, not in a bank account. Nothing satisfies like Jesus. Go ahead. Now listen, this rich man, let's be, let's be fair with him, he had a lot to give up. The Bible lists all of his treasures, all the stuff he owned. He had a lot to give up, and he had a lot to live for. And he walked away sad, and the reason he walked away sad is because he failed to do the one thing that I have to do and you have to do, and we have to do it again and again, over and over. Just because I did it yesterday doesn't mean I'm not going to have to do it again today, and that is allow Jesus to get up close and personal with me to make sure there is nothing new trying to push him off the throne. Because this rotten heart of mine has constantly got roots in this life that are trying to grow and trying to move the master off the throne so it can take control. And it is my job to keep cutting them down, keep spraying them with weed killer, and make sure when I go to bed at night, Jesus is on the throne of my heart. Yeah. Hallelujah. Whenever I find anything standing in the way of my relationship with Jesus, he wants to get up close and personal and take care of that. When you find yourself struggling with the same hard decisions as this rich young ruler because you have too much you think is more important, you have one of two options, just two. You either walk away sad or you walk away with the attitude of the woman at the well who had no intention of walking away to stay away but simply walked away to bring others to meet this guy. Hey Jesus, I'll be right back. I gotta go get somebody. They need to know you too.
when I go out of this church service today, I'll be back. I, I just got to go find somebody to bring them with me. Because this is amazing. Come and meet a man that's told me everything I've ever done and still loves me. <laughs> hey, Bruce, you love me. I know you love me. But man, if you ever knew everything I did, you might not. Yeah, I know. And vice versa, by the way. <laughs> but not Jesus. So let me wrap this up right now and tell you one more story. Jesus said at one point when his disciples were arguing, he said, what are you arguing about? And a man in the crowd piped up and he said this. He said, teacher, I brought my son to you, uh, to, to your disciples, and he's possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of his speech. Don't, oh man, there's so many sermons in this. Don't let the spirits of this world rob you of your speech. You talk about Jesus, I don't care what, how, what look they put on their face. You talk about how good he is, I don't care what. Do not let the spirits of this age rob you of your speech. He said, I brought my son to you who's possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of his speech. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth. He gnashes his teeth. He becomes rigid. And I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. And Jesus said, you unbelieving generation. I think it's about time we believe God's word exactly as it says it. That's what I think. I don't care if you like it or they like it or they don't like it or I don't like it. I think we ought to just keep God's word as it is. He said, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Hopefully just a little bit longer, Jesus. <laughs> and he said, bring the boy to me. I'm going somewhere with this. So they brought him. And when the Spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. Don't get upset. People get mad. People start hollering and screaming and cursing because you're talking to them about the Lord. It's the Spirit of our day acting up. He fell to the ground and rolled around foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? Uh, about ever since I stopped going to church. <clears throat> From childhood, he answered. He's often thrown him into the fire and the water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. You know what Jesus said? If I can. Right there, verse number 23. If I can? If I can help you? Let me tell you something. Mark my words. Mark the word of God. He can help you. I told you when I, before I sang that song when I came to church so depressed I could hardly lift my hands from the weight that was on my shoulders. But he could help me and I came here and he did help me. Because I brought myself to Jesus. 
Too many people are sitting around waiting for Jesus to come to them. This guy brought his son to him. My friend, bring your family to Jesus. Amen. Now listen, I'm going to wrap this up, I promise. I've said this five times now. This, is, this one's the real one. If you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for one who believes. Now listen to what the boy's father said, because I have had to say this, you are going to have to say this, and I will have to say it again, because the boy's father said this. He said, I believe. Say that. I believe, but my problem is I can believe for other people. I can believe God can fix you, and He can fix you, and He can meet your need. I have a hard time believing for me. What this man said is words I pray you will never forget so that when you are struggling in your faith, this will come back to your mind. Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Help me. I believe you're God. See, the rich young ruler, the rich young ruler should have said, I, 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 don't, I, I have a hard time believing if I give up everything, I'll be able to make it. Lord, he should have said, Lord, help my unbelief. That's what he should have said. And Jesus would have touched him and helped his unbelief. And that rich man, we'd meet him in heaven one day. We're not going to meet him there. He should have said, Lord, I, 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 it's too hard for me to, to do that. Help my unbelief. This man was smart. He said, Lord, I don't have enough faith to see this demon cast out of my child, but I'm not leaving. You've got to help my unbelief so that I can believe. And I got a feeling, I got a feeling there's somebody in this building today or somebody watching me online. I got a feeling there's somebody that's looking at problems in life, looking at hardships in life, looking at trying to serve God, looking at wondering how I'm going to make it. My wife's this, my husband's this, my kids are this, the job is this, all this stuff's going on, my family's falling apart, my job, I just lost it, I can't pay my rent, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Lord, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. And I wouldn't wait another second if I were you and I was one that said I need help with my unbelief. I'd be making my way down to this altar right now saying, Lord, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Maybe I'm the only one. But I wouldn't be waiting. I'd be making my way to this altar right now saying, Lord, help my unbelief. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 1030 a.m., 
We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you and God bless.